Hello, parents, and welcome to this episode. Do you ever wonder, how can I stop being so reactive? Is it probably feels like you don't have many choices in that moment because you're either getting triggered or things just happen really instantly. We escalate really instantly. So this episode is all about how to create the pause, which is the space between the feelings and the reactions. I can't wait for you to hear about it. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Parenting Post-Wilderness, your guide to parenting struggling teens. I'm your host, Beth Hillman, a mom of five boys, including a post-wilderness teen and a life coach for parents. I will guide you on how to influence lasting change by first understanding the relationship-changing power of focusing on your own behavior instead of futile attempts to control your teens. Parents, the change begins with us. Hello, parents. It is just me today. I'm so excited to share with you something that I think is so valuable in parenting and just being a human on this planet. It has to do with thoughts and feelings. So thoughts create feelings and feelings motivate actions. So today I'm going to talk about thoughts, feelings, and what I like to call the pause, which is a space I can create to feel my feelings before I react. It's a space of allowance and acceptance of those feelings, a space to take ownership of what just happened in my brain and my body before I interact with the other humans on the planet. It's a space to feel instead of react. Let's talk about feelings for a sec. So feelings are a vibration we experience in the body. Feelings are mostly caused by what we think. We may think that feelings are involuntary and caused by life's circumstances like the weather. In fact, it's snowing here in April. <laughs> or that car that just cut us off. But in fact, most feelings are created by thought. I know, I know, yes, hormones and chemicals and DNA and history and specific diagnoses all play a part. Of course they do. But when we understand how much our thoughts play a role. This belief is so helpful because we have so much control over what we think. So this helps us control our emotions and therefore our very lives. So whether our thoughts are conscious or unconscious, most feelings are generated by our thinking. So a client of mine was watching Life 360. Um, you know, it's that thing on your phone where you can watch the other people in your life. Um, I know a lot of parents watch their teens on 360 and you keep track of where they are, right? So to this day, she's looking at her phone and she noticed her, that her college son had stayed home that day instead of going to class. She was not happy. She became anxious immediately. Thoughts raced through her head, right? Can you imagine? Why is he still in his dorm room? What's going on? Why isn't he in class? He should be in class. Uh, why does he always slough? He's wasting his time there. I'm not paying for this. To, I'm not paying for him to slough his class, right? You know, is he sick? I, I wonder if he's sick. Maybe I should call the doctor. Wait, I'm not calling the doctor. If he's sick, he should call the doctor. Oh, why do I always have to do everything? Why can't he just grow up? And on and on down the rabbit hole of worry, doubt, and fear. Now, at this point, this mom, may not even have a clue she's even having thoughts because the autopilot brain turns on so instantly. So all she knows or thinks she knows is she feels super stressed 
because her son is playing hooky. And what feelings are those thoughts generating this mom? I'm sure you can imagine. Anxiety, stress, frustration, anger, sadness, aggravation, irritation, lots of disappointment. And all of this happened in like 0.5 seconds because why? This mom and son have been down this road before. In fact, this road is a five-lane freeway for this mom's brain, so much so that her emotional response is hardly conscious, right? Doesn't that sound familiar? (laughs) Because I know it does for me. This is like what triggers are, right? We're so, we're just, it's happened so fast. We're just triggered into reaction. However, because this mom has some tools and because she's practiced them a lot, she was able to pause before she reacted, before her heightened emotional state carried her off into reactionary land, like a bad phone call demanding why he was lazy or a passive aggressive text saying how hard they work to pay for his college and how she can't believe his disrespect or how ungrateful he is acting, right? So in that pause, which is key, it's so essential to learn to do that because it provides a space for taking ownership of what is yours and what is not yours. And taking this pause takes time and practice to implement into our daily lives. So during this pause, this mom realized several important facts. One, this was not her problem, her choice, or even in her control. Because guess what? College kids get to decide if they go to class or not. Number two, she didn't even know what was going on. Her brain had assumed something from a piece of information and there were many unknowns still, right? Three, she knew that what it was her thoughts causing her feelings because she had some tools and not her college son. Boy, that takes a minute to think about and to learn. (laughs) So instead of calling her son to ream him out for not attending class when he should, she started to investigate her own thoughts and feelings first. And four, this this space, this pause, gave her time to lead her to taking responsibility for her feelings and acknowledge her own thoughts had created them. And still, she felt pretty anxious, of course, but at least she knew it was hers. She took ownership of her own feelings. Because when she had this understanding, she was able to calm herself down. She no longer needed to control her son because she knew her feelings were from her own thoughts. It felt a little better. So guess what? She decided to call her son then after she'd taken the pause, after she'd taken ownership for her part, which is always your thoughts and feelings and actions. No one else is thinking for you. No one else is feeling for you. No one can make you do any of those, right? Okay. So she calls her son. He says, hey, mom, what's up? Did you know school got canceled today? There was a huge snowstorm and we were told to stay inside. Crazy, right? Like, what are you up to? Ah! (laughs) She was like, what? Wait, what? Oh, right. She spent the entire day. She spent quite a bit of time trying to figure that space out, that pause out. On worry, frustration, and disappointment. It's just, it's so frustrating. And, it, and it's hard. But that was not her son's fault. That was her brain doing its thing. 
This is how powerful our thoughts and feelings are. Now, for just a second, we're going to what's the word? I'm going to, (laughs) I realize that you might be thinking, okay, fine. This really ended with good news and the mom was glad to be wrong. But what about if this college kid had skipped class, right? Well, even better to have your emotions regulated and owned before you start that hard conversation. And remember, context is huge. Is this a recurring pattern? Does he skip all the time? Like how long has the pattern been going on, right? Is it just like a fluke once in a while? Is it every freaking day? Is it once a week? It all matters. Or, as in this case, was skipping class an old habit from high school and then her brain took her right back to where they were, right? Is he sick? Does he have social anxiety? Is he behind on his assignments? If you want actually to help and not blame or shame your child or young adult child, you want to get curious about what is under the behavior, what might be motivating his decision. And I'm going to tell you, it's feelings. Okay? So we want to be curious about our own thoughts and feelings and what's motivating our actions or reactions. And we want to be curious also about the other human behavior, right? Of our teens or young adult child's behavior, what is under those decisions? Because thoughts and feelings are always driving our actions. Do you want to know why your teen doesn't want to go to school? Because they don't feel like it. They feel anxious and judged, embarrassed, inadequate, lonely, behind. You want to know why your daughter canceled her therapy appointment again? Because she doesn't feel like talking. She feels tired, annoyed, sad, anxious, desperate, controlled, and maybe bored. You want to know why you yelled? Because you felt mad, disrespected, frustrated, at your wit's end. So here's a little moment of truth. Most of us humans are simply going about our day, reacting to our emotions without taking any responsibility for where they came from. And they're creating our experiences. We think the other humans are responsible for our feelings, and they're not. We're responsible for our thoughts and feelings. And as soon as you can understand that, which took me a minute too, you'll be able to experience, well, a much better life, to be completely honest. (laughs) You have to control what actually you can control instead of trying to control the other humans or your teen. So that's why the pause, which is the space you take after a a hard feeling or after you're dysregulated, is so very, very essential to promote better communication and understanding between all the humans. I have a friend who sums this up as curious before furious. (laughs) I love that. The pause creates a safe space to get curious about why you are feeling so rotten or why you're feeling so mad or anxious or frustrated. Your brain is going to think it's because of all the other people or your teen, but it's always because of a thought you're thinking or an unconscious thought, right? So being curious about feelings matters because feelings are why we do everything we do. 
Feelings help us find our thoughts and patterns. It's almost like a roadmap to our thoughts or a red flag. Also, they are part of our human experience. Emotions are part of what sets us apart from many animals. Okay, so we all have hopes and desires for ourselves and the people around us. Our teens to graduate from high school, our children to get along, right, with their like siblings, a better job or to lose weight or a bigger house or time together as a family. But the truth is, what we really want are the feelings we believe we'll have once we get those things. I'm going to say that again just for dramaticism. (laughs) What we really want are the feelings we believe we'll have once we get those things. So let's think about it. So we can take a moment, think about what you want. Then ask yourself like why you want it. Then ask yourself what you really, really are after. And then ask yourself how you believe you will feel when you get what you want. And so here's an example I think that is, well, very common. So, and I'm going to use a son here, but obviously a daughter or your child, right? So let's say you want your son to go to college. Why? Well, to have a better chance at providing for himself, right, as an adult. But what you really, really want is to know that he's going to be able to support himself and be independent from you. And like a contributing member to society, right? Then you can feel like you did a good job as his mom, taught him what you're supposed to teach him, right? And feel some certainty in his future. Certainty that he, you know, let's say he'll go to college and he'll be able to support himself and that his life will kind of go in, the, in a, a successful direction. So certainty and relief that you did your job as his mom. You can have some success in that. So you're after certainty and relief. You'll find that in every case, if you dig deep enough, it's the feeling you desire. And you know what? That is great news when you consider that all of our feelings come from our thoughts. And turns out, we get to choose our thoughts. So this means no more waiting around for what we really want to feel. What? (laughs) And when you have this kind of awareness, all sorts of options are open to you. You can feel relief and certainty by choosing a different thought that you actually believe in, not some positive, crazy thought. Like what if you thought, here's just some suggestions, the best way to teach my son dependence is to let him figure life out for himself. It's a great thought. Or I believe he will make better choices for himself than I ever could because it's his life and not mine. So now these thoughts have nothing to do with what your son decides to do. These thoughts are completely in your control and have everything to do with how you will show up for your son. Now you feel relief in your own behavior. As a mom, you are showing up exactly how you want. And you feel the certainty that when you think my son will make better choices for himself than I ever could, that is exactly what you'll find. Because helpful thoughts will lead to helpful emotions that will lead to effective action on your part and desired results for you. Or here's another idea. What if you just loved your son for who he is choosing to be right now 
had faith that he's going to figure it out, and for seeing what he's already accomplished instead of what he hasn't. That's another lovely place to be. So let's just look at an example, right? Let's say you have your teen or young adult kid, right? And you choose a thought. My teen or young adult, my child, is learning to make thoughtful choices for themselves and manage the consequences appropriately. So let's say that's my new intentional thought. So think about for a second how that feels. To me, it felt hopeful. It's a great feeling. What do I do when I feel hopeful? Well, I encourage independent thinking in myself and my son. I attempt to ask great questions of him to help him turn on his own brain, right? Because I'm I'm helping. So it's my teen is learning to make thoughtful choices, right? And so I'm, I'm hopeful that he's doing that. I'm hopeful that he can do that. And then I follow through with consequences and boundaries because I'm hopeful and I understand my role. I consider how to influence him instead of barking orders or like avoiding him. And I empower him to be thoughtful about his life. I validate and empathize when he doesn't do it or doesn't get it. And I listen and become thoughtful myself. And then what happens is me and my son are learning to make thoughtful choices for ourselves and we're following through. It's amazing how powerful our thoughts can be and how truly demotivating our thoughts can be, right? So here's the thing. There's no problem in wanting your son to go to college. Like, I get it. (laughs) But recognizing what you really want is to feel relief and certainty is very powerful. These feelings are available at any time, regardless if your son goes to college or not, and you can keep wanting your son to go to college if you want. But with that thought comes consequential feelings that motivate action. So, right? Because he may go or he may not go. You can't make your kid go to college nor should you. So this thought may create pain and disappointment, or may not, depending on what your son chooses or your kid chooses. So notice in this example, you're choosing to think thoughts and therefore create emotions on something out of your control. And to be honest, you know what? We do this all the time. We do it as parents. We do it as spouses. We do it as you know children, whatever. As long as you understand that you are choosing this, You're being deliberate. And either of his choices is okay because you can feel actual relief in understanding your options and the certainty that it'll be okay either way. Either he'll go and you'll feel great or he won't go and you know you'll feel disappointed. And the best part is, hopefully, you're not trying to, to control him. Some thoughts lead to pain, but we choose them anyway if that's okay. So remember, the pause, right, is a space I can create to feel my feelings before I react. A space of allowance and acceptance of those feelings. A space to take ownership of what just happened in my brain and body before I interact with the other humans on the planet. 
a space to feel instead of react. It is a wonderful tool to use. Create the pause or create the space with the pause. Sort out what's yours, right? Own your thoughts, own your feelings, own your actions, and then become intentional. Do I want to think that thought on purpose? And what are the consequences of that? Or do I not want to think it on purpose, right? You have so much power of yourself. So work on yourself. This is what, when I say like parents need to do their work, this is one of those that is so essential. It will change your life. And then you will be able to model owning your own part for your children. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. All right, take care, you guys. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thank you for joining me today. If you know a struggling parent, please share this with them. If you have any questions or want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Beth Hillman Coaching or through my website, BethHillmanCoaching.com. And remember, parents, the change begins with us.